wait, wait. Do we do the editing for this? Do we need to start at the same time and make it really easy? Yeah, yeah three, two. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Ian's gone. It goes to hell. I can, just, I can hear Ian just lift his head in his hands as he edits this now in the future. <laughs> Oh, I, I love the uh, the assumption that Ian's going to edit this. I don't. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is why it has to be perfect. One, one, one and done. Yeah. All right. Hello, and welcome to Interface, the number one podcast for Interface on the iTunes Store. I would like to thank you to the two people who wrote reviews and uh, the six people who gave us ratings. That was pretty impressive. It was, it was neat uh, uh, opening that up and seeing that we had six five-star reviews. So I guess that's uh, my mom, my dad, Ian, you, Chase, <laughs> me, and Taylor. Uh, <laughs> how sweet of everybody we know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Our friends and family are going to, you know, they'll they'll – wear out of us eventually and then we'll just have to say right now what do, we, what do we do is this where we hire we hire people in bangladesh I don't know. yes yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> thank yeah. you we'll, like ask, we'll have uh, our other intern donald do it there it is oh, we have a new one? Oh man uh-huh. that deep silicon valley cut wow such reference <laughs> such references such gabe very um, podcast much humor <laughs> <laughs> so so today you wanted to speak about the the great place that we all call home on the internet and how how friendly and warm it is. Yeah, right. Because right. so the internet is a really wonderful place that allows lots of people to from all over the world who have similar ideas and beliefs and different ones to come together and just abuse the f-ing shit out of each other. Just say really terrible, nasty, horrible <laughs> things to each other, and then get away with yeah. it scot free. It's true, and I think so. There's a lot to be said about it. I know you have a lot of thoughts on this. I just I, as I was thinking about this, there was a lot of conversation back when uh, there was the attack against Charlie Hebdo in France about uh, how different cultures relate to free speech. And for better or for worse, uh, American companies dominate the internet. I mean, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google, all these mm-hmm. things are all American, and so they have American ideals. And I didn't realize this, but American free speech laws are actually some of the most liberal in the entire world. In France, they have much more restrictive laws about what you're actually allowed to say and not say. And so there's a lot of the calls for better regulation about abusive speech and that kind of thing come from other countries, European not countries, us. Japanese <laughs> com- countries, Japanese country, the one Japanese country, but places yeah, where they're whatever. more restrictive and that kind of thing. And because sure. we have the laws that you say – Basically, you can say whatever you want within these very, very broad general limits. Um, it leads to a lot of online hate speech that isn't that doesn't go unpunished because it technically is free speech. Yeah, I've, um, I, I don't know where where it all went awry, but you know, listening to people talk about internet toxicity and just how people are just generally bad, and you know, when when it comes to not having your identity revealed, it seems like the precedent was set as soon as people realize that they, you didn't have to tie your personal identity to your online representation right. or avatar or whatever, right. By whatever means, which I think you're communicating has a lot of benefits for, especially people who feel, don't feel comfortable in their bodies or want to be, do something else or people who are trying to remain mm-hmm. safe. Right. Like there's a absolutely. lot of reasons to be anonymous on the internet. No, absolutely. Um, there's clearly the upsides to it, right? I mean, even I'm sure you or I, you or I, or any, any number of people have their own personal stories of when it's better to be anonymous and it's not all for, you know, maniacal devious means, right? Like sometimes like I know that I've responded to, um, 
to inquiries about grad school on Reddit, you know, like without having my name attached mm-hmm. to it because it's better that way if I don't necessarily have to put my personal like my personal website or my name out there, but I can still respond to people and be helpful. Right. I don't know. Um, other things, but what, so the thing, whenever you talk about people being, you know, not nice on the internet, I always think of, uh, Gabe's internet wad theory. So I, and, um, I, I don't know if everybody knows this, but if you're a Penny Arcade fan, you've, you've probably seen it. But the idea, right, is that you, you give any normal person a platform to speak, anonymity, and, you know, I mean, there's other key things I think come in with different games, but just the sense that they can talk and they know there's no repercussions, right? They become total idiots. And so they start, you know, spouting hate or they spout, even if it's not like it, it doesn't even have to be intentional. People just start saying stupid things because they, they know that there's no repercussion. Right. And this is where you sort of get, I would say the, like the birth of trolling, although trolling's mm-hmm. probably been around for as long as people have been, but you know, like the term troll, at least the way that we know it is really cemented in this anonymous, I'll abuse you for no reason other than my own right. enjoyment. It's it's worrisome that all it takes for people to turn into jackasses is to be anonymous. I think that says a lot about um, who about how like these hateful beliefs are basically only held in place out of shame, right? Like, yeah. people, it, turn, it turns out but, that it's not actually being a and the internet that does it to you. It's that everybody is terrible and the internet just allows us to express ourselves in the most freest form. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair statement. I think that's where it started. And then I, um, you know, interestingly, we've you know we've talked about everything with privacy and about you know how your identity is tied to yourself on the internet. And I think there's a whole lot of interesting crap to unpack how people use their social identities online. You know, especially the ones that are tied to themselves, like a Facebook identity, writer, or like right. an official Twitter handle, or a, like a verified Twitter name or something. Um, right. But we've seen. I feel like we've seen it come full circle a little bit. Where like initially people were, you know, were. Um, a little hesitant to put their name on thing names on things and then act like, you know, idiots or, you know, be rude or whatever. But it seems like re- lately people don't care. So, I mean, our current right. political cycle is a great example of where people will write whatever they really want to write with their name plastered to like, they don't care. Like their photo, fo- you know, their, their name and their picture and their kids pictures because their, you know, their default security settings are awful. Right. All that, all that stuff is just out there for anybody else to, to look up. I mean, like as a bad example, there was, I was selling a video card on eBay a while back and I put it up and I got the guy's, you know, shipping address and it was somebody in Wisconsin and I, you know, had, I Googled his name or whatever and Facebook comes up and he's a, an individual with very strong political views conservatively. And, um, he's somebody that falls into like a stereotypical bucket of like American flags, you know, guns and beer or whatever. And like, sure. And, uh, whatever that's like, you can have all this, you know, beliefs and that's, and that's fine. Like that is absolutely fine. But he was one of the people who didn't care about what he wrote. And he had a lot of like really incredibly rude and incredibly hateful things, you know, publicly posted on his Facebook profile. So anyway, I was like, I don't really want to sell you this video card, you know, like, right. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so without getting veered too closely, cause this is, this could easily go off the rails into like police. Yeah. Things. Yes, yes. I think it's interesting how anonymity leads to this sort of thing, but also how different applications get picked up in different contexts. So like, Yik Yak is like the way to be hateful on a college campus. Um, but then you have other places like there's Twitter is just a, a way to just be a general jackass to everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's also, I, I mean, it's the way that a lot of people, a lot of hate groups communicate with each other. Uh, ISIS, KKK, all sorts of these fringe groups that will get out there and uh, use these platforms to talk to each other. And the issue comes down to uh, how do you police this while being fair and mm-hmm. 
without making it hard for the average user to say something that they want to say. And I think that that line is super, super fine, right? And we, we don't really know how to... Do, we're defining it as we go, obviously, because there's, right. there's no precedent, right? And so, like, um, I don't know. Do you, did you follow the whole, like, Nero getting banned on Twitter? Yeah, this is... Um, oh, shit, I just had his name up because it's Greek and impossible to pronounce. Yes. Yeah, that guy. Anyway, like, and I, so, uh, um, in honesty, I had not heard of this guy before. I'm just, maybe I'm out of touch with, you know, like whatever the sect of the internet is, but this like trolley. Right. Milo Yanopoulos. Yes. So this guy, and so he had the, he has the Twitter or had the Twitter handle Nero and he was relentlessly, you know, badgering people and being, being a troll for a bunch of different things. And it, it didn't seem like he had a well, target. He explicitly called for abusive and racist and sexist attacks against Leslie Jones. Yes. After Ghostbusters uh, came yeah. out. Yeah. Or before Ghostbusters came out, but um, yeah. So that, but that whole thing, right? Like not to even dive into that or what is it or what, or what, it, you know, what it encompasses right. and what it means. Um, but just for a general reference, Twitter then took action on their own as, you know, a non-government agency who has, you know, they control their platform. It's a closed, it's a closed platform. Right. Like it's, I mean, it's relatively open, but they still ultimately have say as to what goes on and what doesn't go on. And they made the judgment to cancel his account after, I don't know, numerous bans or temp bans or whatever he had received. Right. So, and um, well, a lot of people know, got very angry about that. Right. But Twitter is not, Twitter is not America, right? right. Like, <laughs> and also that's what happened. If you want to use these platforms, if your defense is that it's free speech, then you're saying that 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 the speech is so terrible and is so meaningless. That literally, the most benefit, or the best thing it has going for it is that it's literally not illegal to say. Yeah, yeah, that's really bad. I think that's an XKCD. Um, but right, but the whole thing, like, that's just that's a great example of of where we have, I mean, people's expectations. If Twitter is to be like totally free and open, right, or whatever, and then you start having an individual case, you know, being brought down, we're like, hey, man, where, why, why aren't you banning this guy? He's clearly an asshole, right, right, or whatever. So here it is. Um, uh, by setting free speech is the, is sort of the ultimate concession. You're saying that the most, uh, compelling thing you can say for your position is that it's literally not illegal to express it. <laughs> yeah. That, so there's not much going for this guy. It didn't seem like, and, and this stuff was all around, the, all over the board too, right? Like he was abusing and, uh, speaking abusively to many, many different groups. So the trick is drawing the line between free speech that you might not agree with and, uh, free speech that is abusive and right. And that's because it's, Oh, it's so great. There's definitely, I mean, I mean the argument for free speech in America is that it allows for cultural transition in ways that would be otherwise impossible. If you were allowed to say things that other people disagree with, that's what starts the motivation to change things. And so who's to say that? Well, okay. So I don't personally agree with this, but just playing devil's advocate, who's to say that Milo's belief that women shouldn't be in positions equal to men is the wrong direction to go and that women being more equal to men is the right direction to go. Like that's it's one person's opinion to say one thing or the other. And I mean, all things being equal, you can't necessarily, what am I trying to say here in a morally vacant world where you just plug that into a computer, it has no way of knowing <laughs> which one is true and which one, or which one is better and which one is worse. Right. I, th- I think we, I think we can all like, if, if that's, we have to take it to that level of, you know, abstract zoom right. out in a morally vacant <laughs> world where this guy, you know, talks in a sound in a, whatever, like in a, you know, in a, in an echo chamber vacuum. Right. Yeah, like, I, I guess what I mean that's, is, is that it all comes down to one person's judgment call and people are going to inherently disagree with that. And right. then it, that means that these decisions will, as impartial as they may try to be, will inherently reflect someone's uh, preferences and bias and whatever. Right. And I think in this case, I mean, it seemed 
whether or not you agree with it, um, we're moving in the direction that has momentum that has people like behind it. Right. Like we're, we're not moving backwards in time. I mean, there's plenty of good examples of us moving forward. So at this point, um, I think for, it doesn't really matter how conservative you are. Our country as a whole is moving forward. We're more like socially progressive than we have been and not to dive down there, but like you can see these steps being taken forward. And as a group, as a whole in aggregate, we are moving that direction. So I think the platforms and restrictions that we place will respect and, you know, reflect these types of decisions. So the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. What is that? That's Martin Luther King. Oh, well that's fantastic. And, and, and uh, perfectly applicable. Right. Um, um, so <laughs> one solution, this is what Periscope does, is have people vote on whether or not speech is considered hateful or abusive. And then mm-hmm. they, they ban somebody, they get notified immediately why that happens, and then the ban increases over time before they get brought back, and then it gets increased over time until eventually, I guess, they get permit banned or something like that. But it's essentially an instant judge and jury system applied in mm-hmm. this case. This is, so what we're talking about is the real peer review, right? This is right. like this is judgment by your peers, and it's sort of purest sense. Although the you know your well, actually, it probably is right because if it, it's the people who are active in your community who are you know sort of partaking in these types of things. So I think you could look at something like Reddit as like a really really low level yeah. way to do that with karma, right? Because if you were to if you were to make a new post in our Disney, right, and be like. Mickey Mouse is the worst, and I think that Walt was a – I don't know. I, I can't – I don't even want to make up some bad things. Just imagine a bad sentence. Okay, and then that that would not get voted up, right? That would be like pounded down into the ground and no one would ever see that. The few people who do see it, right? Right, in theory. And unless it was like some – you know, there's exceptions to everything. But generally speaking, if you make something that's like insensitive, rude, or non-constructive, mm-hmm. those will get either ignored or downvoted into oblivion. So – that type of like really low level, you know, peer judgment system. Yep. That's one way to go about it. The problem it. is that something like on Reddit, it will in anywhere, right? It inherently reflects the ideals of the platform. And I think mm-hmm, Reddit mm-hmm. has, uh, as much as I use it and enjoy it, it has a definite uh, uh, intolerant bent to it. I, th- I think it, I think Reddit actually so goes Reddit a little is. toward. No, I think it goes a little bit to what Subiron actually, and not to dive into like Reddit Reddit culture, right. but like there's clearly some there are some subreddits that would prefer to not know the existence of others, yeah. right? Like, so it's anyway, drama, um, but I, I think part of the problem with Reddit too is you get the mob thing there because it shows the yes. score, yeah, yeah. and you feel like my single vote isn't going to do anything, and you just sort of conform yeah. to the way things are. Right, and that's the and the, this is the classic Reddit like a vote without looking problem. Right, like the headline could read, Hillary says Bernie's the worst. And then you click on the link and it's like, in 1985, Hillary said, Bernie, you're the worst, LOL, or, <laughs> or whatever, like right? In 1935, like, <laughs> or 1985, Hillary said that she didn't agree with some of Bernie's positions on like two obscure issues that are not relevant anymore. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, I, but I mean, the peer, sort of the peer judgment, peer review system, um, it's definitely a thing. I don't know. Like other good examples. Like, I, so I want to talk about, I want to talk about it, you know, toxicity and all this stuff in games. Yeah. But, um, do you want to take a break? Sure. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hey there, it's Andrew. I just wanted to let you know that we have a brand new shiny email. Hello at interface.fm. If you want to talk to us, have some ideas for a show, just want to respond to the dumb things we say, go ahead and send us a message. And, uh, while you're at your computer, how about rate us on iTunes? 
Thanks. Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about all these games and how people are the not nice people in the video games that we all like to play. Yeah. Well, I guess not everybody. So we all know that, right? Before we get into how to solve it, can we talk about just briefly why that's the case? I, so why video games are a platform for toxicity? Whether it's this horrible combination of uh, anonymity and competition, right? Yeah, I was going to say you add in the element of competition, right? right? Yeah, that's exactly what I think. It's even worse it, if you have to rely on a teammate. Oh man, it's it it's both it's both better and worse because better in the sense that it it does a lot overall if you have decent matchmaking, which we're lucky to have that today. I think it does help even out the playing field. So even in a bad game, it's not as bad as it could be. Um, but if you play solo games, especially if you're doing like so like one-on-one brawlhalla matches okay so brawlhalla is (laughs) brawlhalla is a a 2d fighting game uh, in the style of super smash brothers and um for everybody who doesn't know and um when you play a one-on-one game with that there's a lot of and it's probably true of like a lot of one-on-one games i just haven't i've not been exposed to a lot of one-on-one online competitive games uh but that's like that's pretty brutal um so it's if you do something oh i'm sorry go ahead I was, just, I was just gonna say, if you do something that's at all like repetitive, or if if you just beat somebody in a way that they don't like, it can turn in, it can quickly turn from being in a fun game into just a grind against someone who's being super abusive in chat. Yeah, so I play a lot of one on one Rocket League, like a lot of one on one Rocket League, and um, it's interesting because so Rocket League you can play against people with keyboards. Most people you play against don't have one, and so that means all the abuse mm-hmm. has to come using the quick chat system. And so yeah. instead of it being like abusive, like, you know, like really toxic language and that kind of thing, it winds up just being like, sort of like, this guy's just an asshole because like I missed the goal and I was saying <laughs> what a save like five times in a row. Like, come on, don't be a dick. Uh, <laughs> or he's making me watch his replay, but when, but he's not making, but he doesn't want to watch mine once I get a goal like that. Kind but of you skip yours. But right, I also yeah. noticed like at the lower levels, there was a lot of people who would get really angry when you would do something that they thought was like that you shouldn't do like if you destroy their car or if you would get a goal right at the face off they get really upset about that but <laughs> as you get into the higher level play that goes away because people realize that it, you know like it's all fair that's why it's in the game and so it's part of the meta right. yeah and so i think it, it, you get to a point where people have been playing long enough and they're like like mature enough with the game that they realize that they have no one to blame but themselves for their mistakes whereas yeah. in a team competition it's totally different so i'm at the same rank in team rocket league as i am in solo and in solo, mm-hmm. there's much more. It's, it feels almost more zen because you know you have no one to blame with yourself. But in team mode, I even catch myself being like this f-ing idiot over here missed the ball so many times. This <laughs> son of a bitch. If it was me doing it, I'd be winning. But that's not you just yep. like that's yep. just not the way it works. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, it, the whole like you talking about starting to like transfer blame over to somebody, even though like we're self-described nice guys, right? But like. <laughs> Even in the moment, you can get mad at your teammates, right? Oh, I do it all the um, time. I just there was like a front page. There's a front page Reddit post a few days ago, just just recently. It was a, from the Dota subreddit where a guy was he was explaining how he was just being abusive to his teammate, and then realized that he was doing worse. Right, like he was zero and seven, and his teammate was one and six, and he was just like chewing him out and chewing him out. And then after the game, he stopped. He's like, "Hey, wait, 
I'm the asshole. Yeah. Holy crap. Like, yeah, that's a moment of self-realization. It was like, in a, you know, apologizing profusely to that guy. And the guy was like, it's okay. No, it's all yeah. right. And the whole time that guy's just saying, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, like, oh, that's so sad. Um, but we've all been there. Cause I've, I feel like, especially it's a, it, when it's a game that you're proficient in, yeah. um, or if you have any confidence in, and then you run into the people who are crappy. Cause if you're shitty at the game, you're like, oh, sorry guys, I'm just the crappy. Cause I used to play a league with my friends and I've never been good at league. And so my friend it's like, Hey, I'll play with you, but disclaimer, I'm the crappy. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Sorry. I'm going to be the liability. Yeah, exactly. So, and you're okay with that, right? Like you're, you go that arms open, but when you have a lot of time invested and you're skilled in something, it becomes a lot more painful to lose or to, you know, see that go down. Um, you like, you look over at your friends as you're having the worst game of your life. And I'm like, this, we're okay. Right. Like if I play rocket league with you guys and, <laughs> and you're like, no, it's, it's totally fine. It's so part of it too. It's that, it's that anonymity again. Right. Cause when I play with you guys, you guys can f- up all the time and like, it'll frustrate me a little bit, but like, I won't get like the deep, right white hot rage that i feel like a teammate right because i just know that you guys yeah. are doing the best you can but i know you versus when i'm playing against somebody else who's just a username and a car right like i have no idea yeah. who they are and i assume they're morons <laughs> you're right exactly or the people on your team that are the, you get back to the trolley people and they're intentionally scoring goals on your own team or whatever right, right. just and that just gets old fast so um so in the spirit of you know talking about how people are mean to each other and how to deal with it one game that has more problems than probably any other game is League of Legends. Yeah. And so I, you know, I talk about League because I, and I've talked about this in class multiple times, um, but it's because there's a guy named Jeffrey Lin who is a former Riot employee. He's left and I don't know currently where he works or what he's doing, but um, he did a lot of great research because he's essentially a, I think he was like neuroscience or something, but he did a lot of good like social science research at Riot and his goal or the, you know, their team's goal was to reduce toxicity within the community because League has got a terrible, terrible, um, you know, toxicity image problem. It still, it persists. That's what happens if you have 5 million concurrent users. Yeah. I mean, so population is part of it and they're one of, they're one of the most popular games in the world. I think they actually have the most popular game in the world. Um, but, uh, that's not, beat it recently in what, I mean, maybe in what metric, I think concurrent users, I think overwatch, maybe it was, uh, I'm sorry, keep going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, Overwatch is immensely popular. There's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, League for a long time, if it's no longer the champion, it's been the reigning champ for years. Um, and, and Dota is like right up there with it. And so part of it's like, is it, is it these games that foster this like sports, like intense competition where it's not, it's not like a shooter where I, I feel like it's not like a shooter where in a lot of shooters, um, there's back and forth, but sometimes, but I feel like earlier than later, like a, the good team emerges and wins, mm-hmm. but in like, in well-matched competitive MOBAs, it feels like a lot more back and forth and like people can, can come from behind and it's just less likely to happen in a shooter. Um, so maybe it's the genre or whatever, but league has got a lot of toxicity problems. And so Jeffrey Lynn did a lot of this work to like figure out how they could help reduce it overall. Like, and so that's the big picture goal, right? Like reduce toxicity in our community. And so, um, you can go back and watch these great talks on GDC. Um, so it's the game developer conference and they've, he's got talks from like 13, 14, 15 and the 13 talk talks about how they implemented, um, this tribunal system. So what we're talking about peer judgment, right? Mm-hmm. So where like, if somebody was talking very abusively in chat, as opposed to them just giving out like the, the current state was at the time they would give out a warning and it would say, Hey, you're, you know, people have been reporting you for being, for speaking abusively. So please stop that. And they saw an actual like re- reduction in complaints against that individual. Um, but if you, 
gave them a three-day ban or more, they just got mad. And they would come back and be more mm-hmm. toxic. And so they're like, that's terrible, mm-hmm. right? So if we give them any like meaningful penalty, it just makes it worse. So they did this thing called the tribunal. And so that's where you'd be able to report me for you know speaking abusively. And then it would go online and you, the community was able to vote on that. So they'd be like, here's the evidence, right? Like a screen cap of the chat log. Here's the claim against them. And then people can vote. And eventually, and ultimately what they found was the community is way harsher on the players than the actual, than Riot was. Like, like where their three die ban would have come through, the tribunal would have like given them a, like a seven or, or 14 days. Because one person ruins it for everybody. Right, exactly. So the community is like, the community at large is willing to, you know, help sort of expend this justice or whatever. Plus people, let's be honest, people all get... You know, there's there's a, there's some satisfaction in doling out justice to people who deserve it. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. So that helped make it better. And then they did a really sweet experiment called the Optimus Priming Experiment, which is exactly what it sounds like, where they did priming effects and they showed. So like prior to a game starting, they would do different tooltips. Like they would do the tooltip like um, before the game, like in the loading screen, or before the game when they once they loaded in. So there's like the location very um, uh, IV, and then they also had what color the text was in, and then what type of tip it was. So like it would say something like players who you know cooperate win x percent more games or people who speak abusively lose x percent more games and so they did all these crazy trials and like as a researcher i i see this i'm like this is amazing because they just designed a and they show the matrix it's like a nine by nine by 12 study or something like something crazy right some huge that's to run it just it is a it's a crazy matrix um and crazy matrix handle there it is. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe they did some ANOVAs. I don't, yeah. I, null hypothesis testing is it something, but, um, um, the thing is cr- that's crazy about it. That's actually crazy about it is that because the game is so popular, they had millions of data points per cell. So oh. it's, it's absolutely all meaningful, wow. right? Like, it's not like, Oh, it looks like we might have a trend here. Like, it looks like if we had, you know, if we had 40 more people, we could see something. It's not the case. They had millions per cell. It all comes back completely significant. Um, just, just and you know, the confidence intervals there. are really tight. Yeah. And so what they end up seeing is like with a statement like, um, you know, people who cooperate together win X percent more games in white on the loading screen, you see like a 5% reduction in negative attitude, verbal abuse and offensive language. So they measure these three variables via the chat logs. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but they could do something like flipping that color from like white to blue or white to red. And then the effect just washes away. So like, it's crazy to think that like basic priming studies still work, but they did that. So, you know, if you saw those different conditions, that's what it is. You just, it's amazing. Priming. It's just seriously, there's nothing else. So last week, Um, Ian and I talked about dark patterns this, and I was curious, like, how do you, uh, what's a, what's a positive dark pattern? Right, like how do you how do you take a dark pattern and apply it for oh, yeah. this is exactly how you do it. You trick because we decided the dark pattern is is uh, using human psychology in a way that they didn't intend to do. It. Yeah. And so this is taking that's doing exactly that. It's uh, it's hacking the brain in order to make people less toxic by just tricking them mm-hmm. by, by hacking their psychology to make them just be less of an asshole. Yeah, this is all behavioral economics, right? It's it's uh, it's understanding individuals and giving them the correct incentives to perform a you know a particular way, while also giving them the right default options. Right. Like have them force them to opt, like force them to opt into chat, right? Like that's how there's been. I don't know what game it was, but there's games like they made chat a an opt in scenario as opposed to an opt out scenario. Mm-hmm. So instead of everybody starting in every game and hearing the kids screaming abusive stuff over Xbox mm-hmm. Live it started as an opt out or it was, you know, it was, sorry, you started as a default out and you had to opt into audio chat. And that way only people that actually wanted to talk right, to do it. Right. And so just something super simple like that helped because like the person who was yelling obscenities didn't want to take the time to like, you know, 
opt into chat. That's how the system should work. You should you should be forced to opt in. Exactly right. Like that's well, that's not. I mean, that's one thing. So there's all these things you can right. do, and that like default psychology is one of them. That's one element that you can control. But yes, being able to opt into that type of chat is definitely one More of them. More dark patterns. Um, yes. Yeah, so there you go. Positive dark patterns. What do you want to call them? Do you call them green patterns, light patterns, happy patterns? Um, it's like, so. Does, I don't know. There's a Stranger Things joke to make there. You call it behavioral. What there's is a Stranger what is? Things joke to make in there somewhere? Oh yeah. Upside down dark patterns. <laughs> there it is. Upside down patterns. Upside down patterns. Uh, Right side up patterns, then. They're um, right side up patterns. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so they, but the big picture though is that you know these this team is attempting to do a lot of different things, and so like you know they did things from the tri- public tribunal, which is where the community votes on your punishment, and they do things like priming to help you know reduce. Uh, toxic behavior overall and just from basic psychology principles you do things like that one of the next ones was doing uh, matching profiles right so like getting the right types of players together that way you wouldn't have conflicting conflicting personalities and this is really cool because there's a ton of work to be done on team like like the science of how teams work Mm -hmm. and like where role team roles are defined and who fills what role and where you can avoid conflict because you need these different subsets to be able to make a successful team and um, being able to start doing that on a pretty like basic level helps reduce toxicity. There's this interesting little thing that Riot did where they took the same sort of study and they looked at mm-hmm. people who were toxic online or th- their own employees and then figured out who was the most toxic in their company, why, and then what they could do to solve that problem. Oh, wow. Internally? Internally That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, I, don't, I mean... I don't know if there's a you know a perfect solution, and um, I like. I think that there's things that are happening out there that work, and we've talked about some of these things before. But just to offer up like potential, like hey, things aren't that bad. You don't have to listen to people shout up CDDs at you, and you know, um, don't degrade you all the di- all the time you're playing your favorite game or whatever. Or even like just have people come and like teabag you after Halo, right. right? Like that stuff is like just bad in general. But there's some things that help mitigate that and fix a lot of the problems. So Rocket League having preset, you know. Uh, talking choices or whatever, right. having those, that's really helpful. Like Hearthstone has the same thing where yes. you can only have like eight things to say. Like that's instead, of, and they don't have an option for chat. Like there is no actual chat option that where Rocket right. League, you're saying, you know, most people use gamepads, so they don't type anyway, but in Hearthstone, you, there is no chat. So you just are limited to those inputs. What's so interesting inside about Hearthstone is that they, they, because Blizzard put a lot of work into making sure that they are as non toxic as possible. And we should talk about Overwatch real quick too, because they did a great job there, even with an open chat. Mm-hmm. But in Hearthstone, they like they just don't there's no way to do it. You just can't communicate with each other at all except for using these o- overtly positive ways of chatting. Same mm-hmm. in um oh shit, Battle Royale Royale Battle, it's the uh, Clash of Clans company that made that oh, Clash of Clans yep. defense yep. game, same sort of thing. Uh yeah. but as soon as you start moving outside of that ecosystem becomes a big problem. So they're talking about this mm-hmm. black streamer who was playing in a world's competition for Hearthstone. And because it was streamed on Twitch, Twi- the Twitch moderators, there was like 16 of them or something, an enormous number. They were overwhelmed by the amount of racist chat that went on there oh, to the point yeah. which they couldn't handle. They couldn't stop it. That's awful. Yeah. yeah and, and so that's, is that just societal? I don't like, when do we like grow up past that point? Because that type of shit is just, it's getting old. Like, and I think people recognize that like, okay, it's been old for a long time and we're really sick of seeing it, but it's, is this like vocal minority is always going to have like plat, like as long as there's something that lets people talk, they're going to. And so we have to learn different ways to like deal with these people because they ruin it for everybody. It's it's two problems. It's the people who actually believe these things. And it's the people who are doing it just to get attention or to get a rise out of somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. And hopefully you don't see the the small cross section of those people because they're like the worst offenders. Those are the 4chan people, I would argue. The yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, exactly. Doing it. Yeah. 
you could argue like it's some sort of performance art in order to demonstrate the flaws in the system, but really it's just a bunch of teenagers who want some attention. <laughs> um, so now, yeah. Well, no, that's not your right podcast. I, I, we'll never get. So now people are going to find out about that, and we're going to get destroyed for it. But no, nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that's the truth. All right. <laughs> but anyway, I think there's there's steps you can take. There's things you can do to help improve the toxicity within your community. And I think limiting your chat options for your inputs, right? Um, having overwhelmingly positive replays. So the thing that you were hinting at with Overwatch, which I think is really nice, is that they don't show negative stats about they people. They only show yours. The they show your. They only show yours. And then when they show and when they show the accolades of like your team, they're all in positive lights, right? So right. like this person had the most whatever defensive kills. This person had the most healing, right? Like those things are all positive. And then the play of game is its own separate positive right. thing, right? So like you're like you're just pounded with positive reinforcement. Like they all did good, and the omission of everybody else not doing good is not a an acknowledgement of them being bad. And, and so yeah, and there's those like the that, cards that show up at the end. You can only upvote them. You can't downvote them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You cannot download them. So anyway, I think that's, there's look all those like really nice small touches that Blizzard did to encourage positive, you know, a positive it's community. It's all over the place. It, it it's all about like, it's it, really the music good. makes it really, it makes you energized. It really is all about you doing really great things with the people around you as opposed to having to rely yep. on them. And so even though there's open yep. chat there, you can get access to and open voice chat at any time. I just yep. never, ever, ever come across toxicity in any way at all. No, it's not bad. And even so, if you take it back, you know, to like vanilla World of Warcraft, that was an overwhelmingly positive community for something that was basically open, right? Like open general chat, open trade chat. And there's, there's of course like annoying people that you could mute or whatever, like that would come and come and go. But in general, that game is overwhelmingly positive. If you said, Hey, I really need help, you know, solving this quest, or I don't know what to do with this particular piece of gear, you'd get like and on on any normal server, you'd have a dozen replies, like individual whispers from people saying, Hey, I can help you with that. Or, Hey, I've got time. I can run you through it. Like people like willing to donate hours. So anyway, yeah, yeah, people are really community altruistic and stuff. It's just figuring out how to do it. They are there. There's no return for them. Like I never understood how that was such a positive experience, but it made my time there really, really well done. Um, the other like example of a positive, a positive end to a game that I'll give because we both really like this is in Titanfall. They successfully made the ending of their game less bad yeah. by having the losing half have the opportunity to escape. Right. So like, just like in the chance that you can like escape, you're already making it. So there's a chance that you're more than half your people are going to have a positive ending to their right. game as opposed to 50, 50. So like normally in these games, like if your team, if you lose, then like it's just like in TF2 or CSGO, it's just you like get frozen in place. You run around, it's you done. get one hit kill immediately. You're out. Whereas in Titanfall, like your team is out, so like now instead of just get killed, it's okay. Your team lost. Get to the extraction point so you don't get killed, and then you get a bonus. You get all sorts of special things if you make it to the extraction point. There's achievements for getting right. extracted a certain number of time. They go out of the way to make it a really valid part of the game instead of sort of like a second place. Mm-hmm. And and it's equally satisfying on an additional level if you deny someone that, right? right? So on the winning team, you can win it. And even the, like, that's a little, it's a little brutal because then you've lost twice kind of if you you do get killed. But it's another opportunity for more fun to happen when instead of it, instead of it just being like, oh, that's it. And it's heart pounding too. It it changes the game from being like, just like if you're in the melee mode or whatever, then it suddenly, it's like this chase scene and you get there into the point and you're inside the ship and you can see the shields flashing as the Titans are just pounding you out there. And there's like a bomb that goes outside. Like, we're not going to we're not going to make it and then the door closes and you take off and you just get out of there and you make it or sometimes like at the last second like a just a bomb will come and take you it's it's really good it's really good that was wow 
I thank you for that word picture. Oh, <laughs> just you're totally engrossed in my in your escape oh, there. And so many times I'll just like I'll hop in there like at the last second, like the door is closing and I'll be jumping off a building and I'll double jump into yep. it. I'll make it inside and then like we're getting bombarded by like railgun fire and like the, the heavy cannons and that kind of thing and the whole it's ship so is shaking and you just make it out in the spare time like oh thank God. Yeah, and then you look around and you're alone, right? And you're like, "Oh my god, no!" Yeah. And then and then the credits come. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's actually that's interesting too because we don't make it there. Like sometimes I'll be across the map, be like, "Okay, I just like I know I don't have time to make it there," and so mm-hmm. you just like, "Okay, I'm gonna go find a corner and hide." And then that's really intense in its own way too. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, right? Because it's this weird manhunt. Anyway, yeah. So I mean, the internet is an overwhelmingly open environment and it has a lot of really great potential i think today we see way more we didn't really dive into like you know the like the deeper like facebook public facing how people have acclimated that either right yeah who who knew we'd talk about games but um (laughs) but i think as we've all sort of developed our relationship with our online with our online self or whatever you want to call it with our online representation right like with that mask that we wear on the online um, brand management (laughs) Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, as that, as people have become more comfortable with that and figured out the rules, um, it's become more like normal. Like it becomes like everyday life as opposed to the wild west that it was in the late nineties. Like when I started playing games and it was a crazy, just, you know, not good place today. It has come a, it's made a lot of progress. That's what I'll say. I think so. It's an intensity thing, right? So in games, there's so much that the, there's so much more going on. There's so many people. It happens so much faster that you have to. The tools have had to keep up with that. Whereas in the internet now, we're just starting to deal with some of the abuse issues uh, online in places like Twitter and Facebook that games have been dealing with for a couple of years now. And so while no solution yeah. is perfect, uh, I think games provide much more robust tools in general when they're implemented correctly than places like Twitter and Facebook do. Like yeah. Twitter, like you just they have a pittance of ways of dealing with online abuse. Like there's a, this article where you basically have to prove to Twitter with the, beyond a shadow of a doubt that a threatened rape will occur before they will take action on it. Right? Yeah. Like this is just, I mean, that yeah. was 2014, but it's right. things like that that are crazy. And that sort of stuff still goes on today. Yeah. That's, I don't know what the right, I don't know what the right middle ground is there. Right. Because you can't, you can't, respond to every single time somebody cries wolf and right. you obviously can't ignore you can't ignore them either when, especially when they when they're serious one interesting thing actually before we go is uh in overwatch again they had this feature where you could choose to not play with a particular player you could just choose that you didn't mm-hmm. have rematched up with them and that was a feature they removed even though it was really useful for abusive players because it turned out that people were abusing that feature on its own so there was oh, a very yeah. popular sniper player who are a very skilled, like world-class sniper player who was killing a lot of people. And so people would intentionally choose not to get put match with him. Right. Just yep. out of frustration. He's good. So he was getting yep. like 30 minute queue times because he couldn't find anybody. Oh to my play gosh. With. That's really bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing, like, so one more thing to add, the, <laughs> if you, if you like this in like the social context, there was a pretty good episode of radio lab a, few, a couple years ago, I think it was, they called it trust engineers and it was all about Facebook having trust engineers. Mm-hmm. And it was the, I, they, and so they've, so since those positions have been changed, but the idea is still there where they're trying to make you feel as safe and as comfortable as you can with Facebook 
you know, in general. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that that included was reporting, like reporting photos and reporting content. And what happened was, is you found that people abused that, but not in a malicious way, in a way like they didn't like a picture of themselves, but then they were forced to choose a, but they were forced to choose a reason why they'd report it. So like the default thing would be like, oh yeah, just click the fastest thing through. So like I reported this because this person was being, you know, like had hate speech or whatever it was like, and they're like, these aren't hate speech. These are just normal pictures. And then you dive deeper once they put like an open chat box and it's like, I don't like this picture. Right. But like only 3% of people would actually write that. And then they, anyway, this is where you get to your state of things that you, that we have today, where when you report it, there's a very clearly defined hierarchy of why you're reporting it. And mm-hmm. it has pretty specific reasons why that clear, clearly veer them away from abuse to like, Oh, I just didn't like this photo. Yeah, of that's me. fascinating. Anyway, Speaking of engineers yeah. that do things like that, we should sometime in the future, we should talk about uh, the engineers who do the sound design for cars. Cause that's fascinating. <laughs> because I was sound yeah, design look, in general for cars and, and, and food and stuff like that. Let's do that. I'm, I'm on board with that. So let me do the Ian thing here. Um, oh boy, what is he even? I just totally zoom, zone out. You know what? Feel feel free to Google us with our name. <laughs> you can find show notes <laughs> for this episode at interface.fm slash 17? Something like that. There it is. Uh, and you can go on Reddit. You can add us r slash interface podcast you can tweet us at underscore underscore interface interface fm FM. yep sorry and all that stuff um we like you listen to us please share us with your friends you're really cool you're we're all best friends here my name's andrew i think you're a really cool fan i think it's really neat that you took the time out of your day to listen to our silly podcast uh it's really special to me and if you think that other people would like to hear about us go ahead and and tell them we love more people listening to us we think it's a, a, a gift from you to us that you would listen to us uh and if you'd like to give us a little gift in return if we could do something for you let us know but if you'd like to give us one more little thing We'd love more reviews on iTunes. <laughs> we would love that. That'd be great. And, and we love you. We love you. Thank you, listener. We release every Monday Thank like clockwork. Like clockwork. <laughs> we love you, positive internet vibes. Okay. <laughs>
Yeah, no, I I don't disagree at all with that like Stranger Things is not a remix. That I, like it is the purest form of a remix that you like make your own. I, in my opinion, right? Where like a remake is way less interesting. I don't want to see. I don't want to see another whatever like they i don't want to see another remake of john carpenter's the thing because the first one was fine and remaking it now does it make it interesting in any way right yeah exactly it's like the like um bob gale has like stated multiple times publicly that as long as he's alive back to the future will never be remade right so somebody kill him quick so we can make a better movie yeah Oh my god! No, i mean i'm in that like back to the future like the original back to the future is like one of the perfect movies it's fine um anyway i so I, I think oh, I just lost my train of thought. I, I was going to say I think there's you, you can make a remake, and as long as it's te- it says something new, that's worth it. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes it doesn't. No, I I think a lot of the remakes are just remakes for remakes' sake, yeah. and they're cash grabs, yeah. or even like re-releases, or you know, like whatever. Like the Disney stuff, like their Disney is currently in their remake crazy season. Right, right? Like they did Cinderella, and they're doing Beauty and the Beast, and they did Tarzan or whatever, or Jungle Book. Sorry, just um, gonna milk that cash cow. And like. Yeah, like I mean, I, I, they are different enough today, like because the live action variant is very different than the animated mm-hmm. variant. But like, how long until we get the new animated version or whatever, you know, or whatever, right, or something right. else entirely? Yeah, the, I, the live action remix of uh, uh, classic Disney animation stuff is sort of. Uh, I don't know how I feel. Some of it's really good, but I don't know that I want it. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. So yeah, we, yeah, we got kind of off the trailer. I'm gonna. Well, there's this thing. Enemy has uh, top ten remakes that are better than the originals, and there's a lot of stuff in here that I didn't even realize are remakes. Like the the original The Thing was a remake of a 1951 film. Oh yeah, The Departed is a remake of a Chinese film, Infernal Affairs. That I knew. I did, yeah, I yeah. Twenty One Jump. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's interesting. I think Twenty One Jump Street is a great one, great example because that's a hilarious movie. They did a lot of work on to make it. That's better. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good remake. That's you know capitalizing on existing IP. Right. 